Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. are back with another episode of Cuckoo with Coco. This is episode number 40. And hello, everybody. You are definitely going to hear the AC in the background today because it's too hot in here. So if you hear it, I apologize, but I can't, I can't be without the AC right now. (laughs) I'm like a thousand fucking degrees. Uh, Currently, this is going to be a same day release because I didn't record yesterday, which is Wednesday. But I've been at home these past couple days because Maryland got put back on the restricted travel list, which is not my favorite thing. Uh, It was off the list before I left. And of course, the Tuesday I was supposed to have returned, they put it back on the list. And my boss texted me at a quarter after three o'clock as if I was going to run over there and do my test. Uh, I told her that I would be in the next day, which was yesterday, Wednesday and do the test and then of course I have to be home until the results come back so I'm currently home I hope you guys are doing all right I mean I'm pretty sure I don't have COVID but since it's on the restricted travel list everybody has to be tested for anybody who travels anyway in my uh, office my facility because it's not an office it's a nursing home Uh, so happy Labor Day although it's come and gone I hope some of my people enjoyed their three-day weekend a lot of us deserve that extra day off essential and non-essential employees alike especially difficult for all of us because the pandemic is still pretty out here and still annoying as fuck like we still can't go anywhere really uh I think movie theaters opened. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with that, but uh, I think I'm still going to be home watching movies. I don't really think that I'm going to be out and about in a movie theater at this moment in time. I have gone back for massages, which is nice um, because my back is all jacked up. Uh, Sitting at work, sedentary all the time, kind of fucks with your spine a little bit, (laughs) or so I hear. (laughs) Um... So not much has been happening, really. Uh, We'll discuss further down the road what my plans have been lately uh, or what I have done recently to warrant me staying home, which I mentioned I went to Maryland for the weekend, but I'll explain that further soon. Um, I had a story that happened. (laughs) The bean hater, of course, has always given me content and stuff all the way in Florida. So I laugh at that because uh, it was about the cell phone thing. I've discussed this plenty of times in plenty of different episodes, but, uh, oh, and also the reason why you can hear the air conditioning more is because I'm sitting in bed recording today. I didn't feel like sitting up at my desk yet because I'm relaxing. I'm doing a lot of me time, although I have not worked out in a week, so that's kind of bad, but I'm still losing weight anyway, but it's probably due to stress. So we'll get to that. Uh, the bean hater brought to my attention another observation that made me laugh and wonder what's going on in Florida. So 
He told me that he took a bathroom break and saw that there was a cell phone in there by itself. I said to him, so what you're saying is, <laughs> if I move down there, I'm consistently gonna lose my phone. To which he said, yeah. So I have come to the conclusion that there is a dementia portal people walk through when they go to bathrooms in Florida that makes them leave their phone. Like, it's not okay. Bring back regular doors in Florida. They have it bad enough with being a hot zone for COVID. <laughs> like, am I walking through a fucking portal to Narnia when I go to the bathroom where I, once I leave it, I'm like, oh, I didn't have an electronic device because let, let's be serious. We all take our phone to the bathroom because using the bathroom is boring as shit. And I don't know what we did before then. I know when I was a kid, I used to bring books into the bathroom. I don't do that anymore because phone. So I usually play games while I'm in there and waste some time, <laughs> especially at work. I don't get great service at work, so I'm, I'm usually struggling with it and wasting battery power at the same time. But yeah, that's usually what's happening is I'm in there on the phone just playing a game. So I, I, after that, after that whole conversation about the cell phone in the bathroom thing, I wanted to know what exactly we're going to do when this is all over, because uh, what's going to be the expectations of normalcy? Because I don't know about wearing this whole wear, like this whole wearing a mask thing for the rest of my life. I don't know if I'm 100% on board with that, because there's no way we're never going to be wearing masks again at this point. Uh we're in, well, we're approaching October. We're in September. Wow, I'm going to skip the whole month. See, that's how 2020 is going. We're just skipping days and months and shit. And that's life. Uh, I started watching I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I don't know if I've discussed this. I think I discussed it in, in the previous episode. Um, I don't even know how to describe the intensity of this documentary, but now I'm beginning to understand the reason why she couldn't sleep at night and turn to drugs. Uh... She went through 50 cases of sexual, sexual misconduct, like sexual assault, rapes, and murders. Like, I'd definitely be awake at night knowing that a person such as this existed and was never caught. Also, this documentary was more about the um, East Area Rapist slash um, Golden, Golden State Killer. Uh, so he had many different names. But they basically, it was more along the lines of Michelle McNamara's search for who this guy actually was. Like, she was putting together what almost seemed like a cold case from over four decades ago, and it just shows her initial, like, her ultimate downfall. Like, uh, I think she, she died in 2016, and they caught the guy the following year, I believe. Yeah, she hasn't been gone for that long, but... You see her going through everything. They show all the texts that she went through with, like, the, the uh, other writers, her editors, all of that. They show everything she went through during the process of finding this guy. And um, it was very sad. It was very sad and very intense, I have to say. Uh, I was also told by someone that 60% of cases like this remain unsolved, which is really frightening and makes me want to do something more, like be one of those... Uh, what do they call those? Not investigative journalism, but like a civilian officer or something. Anyway, whatever. I don't know what it's called, but it makes me want to help. I like investigating shit like that. I know I'm, I'm a dark individual, but with a sunny personality. Uh, but that would be something that's right up my alley because a lot of my podcasts and everything include a lot of true crime shit. 
I watch a lot of weird stuff. And uh, what's funny is you could say it stemmed from being raised by my grandparents because my grandmother was a big uh, Law & Order SVU fan. I don't know about anymore, but when I was growing up, it was one of the things she liked to watch, and I was kind of like shotgun for most of it. <laughs> uh, you know, being in that type of media, like investi- investigative journalism could be a cool career choice, but I don't really think I'm in a place to be switching careers and stuff. <laughs> I think I should just stick to one course and keep going. <laughs> Uh, pandemics like this, like it's a cool career choice because in pandemics like this, where, you know, you have all the questions and none of the answers, like there's a genuine curiosity of the human psyche. That's what I have anyway. Uh, and processing how a person could do such monstrous things to other humans for no reason other than either sexual satisfaction or mental satisfaction. So there's like two different aspects of things that I want to know. Like, what did this guy get out of it? Like, I know we're not really supposed to care about the, you know, perpetrator, but, At the same time, you have to find it fascinating or interesting that someone like this could do something like that and then continue on with his life because they show that in this documentary, too. They show how he how his patterns of behavior evolved around the births of his children, like he stops for a certain period of period of time because his one daughter was born or he stopped for a period of time because his niece started living with him. Like it's weird shit like that. Like this could literally be anyone in anyone's life. And it's like, makes me fearful to leave the house. Like, I'm not agoraphobic, but it's like one wrong look at someone and you're like their next victim. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, ultimately, uh, this was the saddest thing I've ever seen because Michelle McNamara ends up dying uh, due to her substance abuse and a pre-existing heart condition she didn't know about, which I definitely talked about in the previous episode, I feel like, because going in circles, it feels like <laughs> deja vu and shit. The ending was different to any documentary I'd ever watched because the last few minutes of it shows the crew breaking down the different sets because, of course, none of that was actually her office at the time. So at the time of the documentary, they obviously have all these things set up. Uh, I don't believe that that was their house anymore, but they do show the outside a lot when they do uh, voiceovers and such, such as the 911 call that Patton Oswalt places about his wife uh, being dead in their bed, whatever. And... Uh, yeah, it just, it, it breaks your heart a little bit because you're like, all right, so we went through everything. We went through, uh, we went through her death. We went through finding the killer and now we all have to move on now. And that's, you know, it's beautiful, but also in a way it's sad because she became so obsessed with this that it basically ate her up. Like it, she pretty much vanished because of that. And, uh, I'm very happy at the fact that they found out who it was. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but they do catch him. And basically it was because of her book. And I actually want that book, so I might order it. <laughs> I know, strange that you see a documentary and you want to order a book, but I got to get that other book too about the guy that thought his dad was the uh, Zodiac Killer. Whoops. See? Lost my mind. So uh, what also was sad about it was they played somber music over the breakdowns of the sets and everything, and it just makes you a little teary. Uh, they also show a, uh, a get-together of all the victims, which is really something you never see, is all the victims of this guy, the ones that lived anyway, because he started killing people after a while. Uh, they get together, and they sit down together, and they break bread, and they drink together and everything, and 
It was really something to see because they finally got the closure they needed 40 years later. Do you know how crazy that is that you have to wait 40 years for this random woman to put forth a book that leads to the capture of this guy? It was so good. I think I think if you're listening to this, you should watch it. It's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark and it's on HBO. Uh the whole thing is on there because it already aired. So if you have HBO, please give it a watch. Uh, very good. Very good. I left it wanting, you know, wanting what she wanted, answers to things. Because, you know, in everybody's life, you never get full answers to questions. Like uh, with my dad, I never really got... Now, this is going to get strange and I'm getting deep with you guys. I never really got 100% of what happened to my father. So my father was a victim of, like, gang violence when I was a baby. So I never knew him growing up. But every now and then when I come across family reunions and stuff, someone has some kind of information. So, but it's always bits and pieces. Like, I'll, I'll probably never in my lifetime get a full answer, which is fine, but it's also very depressing at the same time because it's like, you know, people tell you you do something a certain way that he used to or whatever. And you're like, all right, great. So tell me more. Like I'm 31. At least give me the full picture of what's going on or what happened. Like two years ago, I finally got some information and that's a family reunion I went to because my cousin Jack was telling me about it and that's all great and everything, but it's not like I can bring, uh, I can, you know, bring that back to, there's nothing for me to actually pinpoint and bring back to focus here. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how I feel about that anyway. So like I said, there's a lot of questions in life that I feel like don't get fully answered. And it's because of the age we're at when we ask them. I think, though, that I am at an age where I should be getting answers. But, you know, what do I know? Hold on, I'm texting my boss because they got my results back. So that's cool. Um, all right, cool. So they got my results back, and obviously I don't have it. <laughs> Could have told you that because I was back Sunday, but I didn't want to tell my boss because I wanted that day off. <laughs> so in any case, I will be going to bed in a normal time today. Uh, all right, so on to the next thing after that good news. Um so while I was driving home, I saw a guy in a crop top outside. <laughs> so we went from something really dark to really light and funny. So this, so one of the Wayans brothers, <laughs> this is what this makes me think of, which is like, what's wrong with my brain? So <laughs> in Scary Movie, <laughs> one of the Wayans brothers is like very much in the closet, very much in the closet. So... <laughs> He tries to prove that he's not gay, but essentially hanging out in the closet with all the Chanel and the Giorgio Armani. <laughs> anyway, and the Gianni Versace. That's where he's hanging out. He had an effeminate way about him, but we definitely know that stuff like that would never happen in today's climate. Like with Scary Movie, they did a lot of shit that pushed the envelope. <laughs> um, and we have just become way too sensitive. I don't know what the problem is, but way too sensitive about what's going on these days. And uh, I don't think there's a way that we're going to be able to, quote unquote, cure the sensitivity of today. Because I know I was raised on Bugs Bunny and crazy shit. I watched Mel Brooks movies. 
anything offensive really was right up my alley because raised by my grandparents, like I said, and my grandfather was very old school and he didn't really, you know, he didn't really put filters on shit the way we do now, which I am thankful for that motherfucker for not doing that because I don't want to be a soft ass bitch. Okay. I'm not soft in any way. You fuck with me and that's it. Okay. And people know, people know about that shit. It takes a lot to make me mad, but I will be bad. Hold on. Oh, thanks for letting me know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm thankful that my grandfather was super chill and just let me do uh, not basically whatever, but let me watch whatever. Whoops, I did not finish my sentence. Um, just texted my boss back to let her know I'll be in in the morning because she tried to call me in now and I'm not coming in for three hours. <laughs> Out your fucking mind. Um, I was talking to, the, I play with like my Dead by Daylight crew. You know who it is by now if you've ever heard me play with anybody. I've discussed this in my last episode. Uh, the Dead by Daylight crew I play with, it's four of us. So it's legit a crew. Um, tonight, I'm probably going to play with my sister because she has asked. And yesterday, I played for all eight hours by myself from about 12 to 8 o'clock and then needed a break, <laughs> needed a super break. Um, I was talking to them about it, about how society's become so sensitive and everything. And American Pie got brought in and how sexual that movie was, like a sexual awakening for many people. And stuff like that would never be written today. Yeah, I know it's not a problem. I'm not coming in. Sorry, I'm answering texts because I'm on my laptop right now and I can see my text message coming through. Uh, I threw in a caveat of Mel Brooks because he for sure would not have been able to put together a screenplay with the types of shit that he wrote decades ago. Like, Quentin Tarantino tries to do it now, but like I said before, it's not really the same type of writing as Mel Brooks from the 60s and 70s. Like, they threw around the N-word a lot. <laughs> and you know a lot and what's funny was nobody got offended back then it was just something that happened something that was said and if Mel Brooks were dead he'd be rolling in his grave I'm sure Gene Wilder's rolling in his grave because we all watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and that shit would definitely be unacceptable today but that's really funny um but cool glad I'm COVID negative <laughs> um but the way Quentin Tarantino does it today, getting back on topic, is it's very sloppy. Um, his style of writing has also become very predictable. Like with Kill Bill and with uh, The Hateful Eight and um, anything he's put out recently is just so predictable because he likes to start his stuff with the ending first. And it's like, all right, bro, we're going to do this in every fucking movie. And uh, he's also... Here's the, here's the thing, okay? So he's very anti-police, which is fine, be anti-police. But it's like at the same time, were you anti-police this whole time or were you anti-police because of everything that's happened in the way of brutality and shit? Like, pick a side. You can't just... I hate when people do this shit because there's no reason you need to be super out loud about anything. I'm not super out loud about anything. You know why? Because I know what my tolerance is for other people and I would lose so many friends and listeners and shit because who fucking cares? <laughs> who cares? 
I'm here to try and make people laugh. I'm not here to sway anybody with my politics. Believe in the book of Coco, if you will, because we're about 40 chapters in. Okay? So you are a believer of the Coco community and all this shit and what it means. And the fact that you listen every week shows that. That's my politics right there. My politics are, there are no politics. For me, anyway. If you're in my Coco community, understand that. You don't have to like it either, but we're all about having a fun time here. I don't like to get serious. Like, I'll get serious on certain levels, like with shit about my dad or shit about um, family stuff. Like, I'll get serious about that, but only when necessary. I'm not going to shove that down anybody's throat. Like, have your opinions, but don't be one of those people that goes, oh, but yeah, also this. No, no, no. So in any case, Quentin Tarantino is no Mel Brooks, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's my conclusion. I can, however, appreciate the other side of the movie industry, which is having an all-black cast or a mostly black cast. But at the same time, I saw that they were revealing an all-black cast of the Golden Girls, and I think the Golden Girls was fine the way it was. And there's a lot of people who would agree with that. We don't need to reboot things just because we can, is what I'm getting at. Just leave shit alone. Like, we keep doing reboot after reboot, And we're going to start doing them next day if they don't work out. (laughs) Like, there'll be a reboot of an original. And then the next day, they'll come out with the reboot of a reboot. And that's it. And so far, I've come up with some very clever titles for this episode. And I'm tired of these reboots. How about that? (laughs) One of my favorite movies, actually, that came out was Us, which was a psychological thriller slash suspense written by Jordan Peele of Key and Peele. And what really surprised me about that is that... Um, Jordan Peele has the depth range, depth slash range that some of these creative individuals have. Like, it really surprises me that he can go from comedy to scary horror thriller shit. And I enjoyed it. Um, He mostly writes comedy sketches. So he wrote, he put this movie out and it was basically humans being tethered to people that are underground. So they have tethered and untethered so the untethered people live above ground the tethered people obviously below ground and what we enjoy up above is different to the what they are subjected to down below and what i mean by that is that they basically show them eating rabbits for dinner while we're eating like a steak dinner like that's the difference and in this movie us there's a family of tethered that come up from the laboratories (laughs) where they were created and meet their untethered selves and stalk them pretty much. And all, but it's everybody. So all the untethered, well, all the tethered come up to the untethered and fucking decide to kill everybody. And there's a good plot twist. I'm not going to tell you, but, um, it's a very good movie. I think I actually might watch it again later. Uh, But it it makes you sit back and, you know, you have to watch it a couple times, obviously. I know I did, but I was like, I have to watch this movie again. (laughs) Because I watched watched the movie because there's so many clues and things you miss out on the first go around. And that's what I like about those movies. Because they make you think and they're like, all right, well, I definitely missed something. So let's watch it again. My uh, maternal grandmother, so my mother's mother, is also a fan of that. Um, she's also a fan of these movies, but like when you ask her what she thought of it or thought of what happened, she says she doesn't know. (laughs) So why do we keep seeing these movies, grandma? There's no point in wasting an hour and a half to two hours of our lives. If you're not going to understand the movie, 
There's been plenty of movies where the three of us, my mother, my grandmother, and I, have gone to see some sci-fi shit. And we go, hey, what did you think of the movie? She goes, I don't even know what fucking happened. Like, just like that. Like, not even a heartbeat. Just knows she didn't know what she was watching when she was watching it. <laughs> I can't with this lady. I just can't. <laughs> so, um... That, that was that's my movie rant um the lady does not know what she's watching but she will agree to watch it anyway i won't be paying for movie tickets for that shit we will watch it at home that's the end of that conversation so i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that i went to maryland uh went to north bethesda uh let's start with the bright side of it which is that the tiny house that i stayed in was really cute the accommodations were mm, lacking in a few things like pots and pans and a stovetop. I'm assuming that they don't really want their guests cooking too much because they only had like a toaster oven and a microwave for quote unquote cooking. You can't really do much. You have to improvise a lot. So it was basically like, um, they also had a mini fridge. So, you know, of course that I had milk and cookies. Uh, but it was basically like just staying in a, in a hotel and we should have, we could have just done that instead and just spent money on food. Like that's basically the whole point of the tiny house thing is that you go there and it's supposed to be like a home away from home. That was the purpose of the trip. And just to get out of New York for a little bit, like I was saying last week, and it was exciting in the beginning, but then it like declined really fast. So I was there Friday, Saturday, left Sunday and was, has been, have been home this whole time. And I'm basically going back to work for one day tomorrow. Well, for a couple hours tomorrow, because tomorrow's my tattoo appointment. <laughs> anyway, needless to say, it was a vacation that was short-lived. It sure was. Uh, found out, like I said before, I found out on Tuesday that Marilyn had been put on the list. And uh, so like I was saying, um, I heard otherwise, so I don't even need to read the rest of these notes, because before I did... Uh, before I typed these notes up, like I hadn't heard anything back yet. I know this morning at like 10 a.m. my boss told me she hadn't heard anything back. So now I have to go back and deal with these fucking bitches tomorrow. <laughs> um, I've been experiencing a lot of stomach pain lately. Um, I have gastric issues that are stress related. And lately I've been feeling it like food just doesn't cooperate properly with me. And that's as far as I'm going to go with that. Uh, there's a lot of things that have been on my mind lately, and a lot of it has to do with uh, financials and work. Um, nothing that's in my control, of course, but things I worry about nonetheless, which is fine because I've always worried about things that I have no control over. That's just who I am. Uh, I've had a recurring thought as to writing a book. Uh, it's kept me up a little bit at night, so that might be part of the problem. <laughs> I have a good storyline, but I'm working out the kinks. Like, I'm, I'm brainstorming it. Uh, I have... It's a typical rom-com, but it mirrors most of the things that have happened in my life. I've kept a journal. I started it a couple years ago. I still haven't finished it. I really should. Um, I uh, of Names will be changed, of course, so it's going to be more in the way of... I don't know if I would call it fiction, but... There's possible angles and storylines that have woken me up in the middle of the night, so I have to, like, quickly grab my phone and jot the shit down. My only issue is I have to get this shit to focus a little bit. Uh, the only thing that... That's the only issue I'm having right now, is focusing and trying to get my shit done. 
Um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I haven't written any pages down yet, but I think I have, I have a pretty good idea of where I want to go with it. Um, it seems it's not an unrequited love type of thing, but it's like a love that's gone away like a love you've missed out an opportunity on or something you still have questions about. Like I said before, there's certain things in life that you will never fully know. And uh, you'll never fully know the full story is basically what it is. So I'm, I'm working it out. Like I said, I'm workshopping it. I very much enjoy the prospect of new projects. And apparently another project's coming my way for another podcast a friend of mine wants to do. And uh, I think I'm going to help him with recording it and such. And uh, he streams now on Twitch also. His name is That's White Boy, <laughs> which is really stupid. But whatever, to each their own. Um, I have to turn this off really quick. There we go. Um, also, like, why have stomach pain but also be hungry? Like, what kind of body betrayal shit is this? Like, can we pick a lane? I either want to be hungry or I want to be in pain. I don't want to be both, okay? Like, it's disgusting to me that I'm laying down with stomach pain last night, and I'm also hungry. Like, I'm also jonesing for a snack. Like, who the fuck chose this as a mood to be in? And it's not hangry, dude. It's not hunger pangs. It's fucking, my stomach is bubbling, but it's also like, you know you want that milk and cookies that's downstairs. It's like, no, bitch, I don't want it, but you're making me want it. <laughs> Uh, also, I've had such a hankering for Chinese food these past few days, and I cannot explain why, because the Chinese food over here is bullshit. Uh, Manhattan Chinese food, always banging, always banging. Food in this, like food in Manhattan and in the city, oh God, I don't know what kind of garbage or crack or meth or heroin they're putting in it, but oh God, goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> oh God, need it. By the way, I can't believe how shitty this weather is today. Not that I was planning on doing anything outside, but I posted a meme on Instagram uh, with the faded menu, and that shit could not have spoken more truth to me. Like, you go into a Chinese food spot, and you see that their uh, menu items are fucking faded as shit, and you're like, damn, bro, this is about to hurt for a minute. <laughs> all the grease. Give me all the grease. Actually, I think I'm going to have Chinese food tonight. Fuck it. So, um... My cousin once got E. coli from this one Chinese spot around from my grandparents' house. So this made me think of that also. Uh, the food was so good from there. But, like, that's New York City for you. You take the risk of getting a sickness from eating food. And that's gross, but that's also really profound at the same time. Like, city food is boasted as being so fucking great, but you have the opportunity to be hugging your toilet bowl later like it's your best friend. <laughs> Um, my mother and I used to order. This is another good memory. Um, I used to live on Pearl Street in Manhattan, and there was a Chinese food spot around the corner called China 99. And we used to order, me and my mother used to order from this spot all the time. And by the time they got caller ID, they already knew what we were going to order and who we were by the time they picked up the phone. <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, you get chicken with broccoli and all this shit. And we we're like, yep. And they're like, oh, Pearl Street, 333 Pearl Street. I'm like, ah, uh, yep. Like apartment 2H. That's where I used to live. And uh, that's how you know you got the good spot. Like they remember who you are and exactly what you order. Like you don't even have to say shit. You can all just, always just say hello. And they'll be like, yep, we know what you want. We'll be there in 20 minutes. And you got your food in 20 minutes, hot and ready. So delish. 
Uh, also, the Chinese food shit reminded me of the Sex and the City episode where Miranda orders food from the same spot all the time and the hostess laughed on the phone, which Miranda thinks she's being laughed at. So Miranda developed a, a habit of going to the same Chinese food spot like every American has at some point or another. Um, she thinks that the lady's laughing at her. When she finally brings herself down to the food spot, she approaches the hostess answering the phone and realizes that this woman laughs at everyone because that's just how she is. And I just laughed because I'm like, Miranda's a really self-centered character. Like, she puts herself in, like, she makes up these situations for herself in her head of things that aren't really happening, you know? Like, not happening at all. They, uh, they just exist in her own mind because she's single. And, like, this is, this is another example. She just, she just has to have this way about her on the show to manipulate herself into these made-up situations. Like, another situation that she made up was basically, like, the neighbor across the street, I mean, across the hallway, not the street, across the hallway in her new apartment building told her that the old tenant died and that when they finally found the body, her cats were eating her face. <laughs> so she thought that was going to happen to her because she choked on her food one day. She choked on a TV dinner, by the way. Who the fuck does that? You're not a baby, you have teeth, chew it up. <laughs> she had to give herself the Heimlich by running into the corner of her counter. So she finally got that piece out, but she was so scared that that shit was going to happen to her that she, um, she overfed her cats that week. So funny, but not something she really had to worry about because she wasn't old and she wasn't incapable of doing shit on her own. (laughs) I definitely don't have enough material to do an hour guys. So it's going to be a short one today. Um, I started watching another movie. I'm in the middle of it, so I can't really ruin it for you. It's called Hashtag Alive, and it's on Netflix. I was telling the bean hater about this earlier. This guy gets trapped in his apartment during a zombie outbreak, and it's an apartment building, and he's eight floors up. So it's not like he's on the first floor where he can escape, because these motherfuckers are in the hallway, too. And there's a parking lot between all the buildings. So you they're just everywhere, okay? Now, when I tell you how, you know, Japanese films have it down to a science of how to freak people out, this is it. This guy is legit trapped, okay? Um, He's got the jankiest doorknob where, like, if they were to slam their hand down, they can bust in his apartment with no problem. Like, he puts the fridge in front of the door. Not that that did anything, because at one point a zombie does get in. So... But, I won't spoil it any more than that, but that's about that. Uh, also, why do people insist on, you know, motherfuckers trying to make a case like they didn't get bit or scratched out there? So, like, in the beginning of the movie, like, five minutes in, you're into the action. It's all happening. They do a news report and everything. The guy wakes up, and is he's not oblivious. He's just by himself. So, for most kids' situation growing up in the city, this is kind of it. So he woke up, he was by himself. I'm guessing his parents were away on some kind of vacation because they weren't around at all. And, um, what you call it? He, uh, (laughs) he wakes up, he goes to play computer games, which we all do. 
We all play computer games all day long. We're all secluded in our rooms sometimes, in our apartments, houses, whatever you got going on. You have a cave where you just chill. And he's he gets on his computer to play like a multiplayer game, which, again, all of us. And uh, he... He, uh, his, one of his people says that, dude, that has to be CGI. This can't be real. So the kid goes into the living room, puts on the news, and starts watching the news. And they're saying that, you know, ultra fine dust is now toxic or whatever shit. So, how funny is it that I have watched almost an hour of this movie and I can't fucking remember any details really? But the newscaster says that there's an ultra fine mist that is now infectious. And it shows the people. Like, doesn't show anybody running yet or anything, but he looks outside and he starts hearing all the chaos and screaming and madness and shit. And he's like, oh, God, like, that's basically how it goes is, oh, damn, something's happening outside. Let's look outside. So he looks and he sees people running in all different directions, either running out of the building, running in the building. And then you see that this one little girl in like a schoolgirl outfit looking like she just got out of class calling for her mother who's walking towards her and then she fucking bites that bitch's neck crazy hard <laughs> so um the slightest scratch or whatever fucks you up i don't care about that sorry just looking at my phone so you know this guy that was i guess the next apartment over like he opened the door and the guy comes into his apartment and then they show uh, uh, the newscast is still on in the background. The guy turns to the TV and they go, the slightest scratch or bite, whatever, will cause the infection to start. Like, it will cause it to spread through the body. And so this is why I get pissed off, is because the guy's like, no, I'm good, I just got scratched. And I would have been like, dude, they just said on the TV, if you get scratched, that's it for you. So the guy was very smart about it, which I liked, and he told him to get the fuck out. Like, get out. Get out of my house, get out of my apartment, go back to your place, whatever, whatever. So the guy starts to change mid-conversation of trying to get him out of this fucking place. And I was like, holy shit, man. Is this the end? (laughs) But in mid-conversation, the guy is trying to get out. So you see his whole body start to, like, crack and whatever, his bones and everything. And while he's changing, it looks like some American and uh, a werewolf, an American werewolf in London type shit or whatever the name of the movie was. But he starts to change and all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, this guy's not going to get out. And he gets him out. <laughs> that's that's the gist of the story. Somehow he overcomes this guy and pushes him out the door. But it was so, like I said, it was so possible that this guy could have died. But he didn't. So happy about that. But like I said, I'm in the middle of the movie, so I don't really know what's going to happen yet. Uh, he does, I'm at the part where he... Uh, sees this chick across the way in, like, another building, and they're communicating uh, via fake sign language. Because uh, it's in subtitles, really, so I really have to pay attention. So they're, um, they're communicating like that. And uh, it's just, it's taking a while to see what the ending's going to be, but I hope he survives. But we'll see, because Train to Busan was good, too. Ugh. Ugh. If you haven't seen it yet, please see it. Train to Busan, it's on Netflix. And they're making a fucking second one. Um, yeah, it was, Train to Busan was good. I might watch that again. There's so many movies I want to rewatch, but there's so much shit I just, just not rewatch. Um, <laughs> so uh, 
I'm a zombie fanatic, so I will watch any zombie movie, whether it's good or bad, and still appreciate it nonetheless. If you guys have any suggestions, I'm open to it. Uh, you can find me on all the social medias, uh, Corinne underscore Fonseca at Twitter. Um, I probably should change it to something more, uh, you know, not my name. <laughs> and then uh, I'm on Instagram as QueenBB30 or 31, QueenBB with like a QW. Let me double check that while I have my phone because that would be the smart thing to do, I think. So let's see, what is my name on here? Yep, QueenBB31, Q-W-E-E-N-B-E-B-E-31. That's me on Instagram. Uh, Snapchat is, let's see, I don't know if I want people to add me on Snapchat, but I'll put it anyway. It's CocoBB25, C-O-C-O-B-E-B-E-25. Also, if you add me on Snapchat, don't be a fucking creep. Like I said before, like so many people are so fucking creepy on that shit, I just can't take it. But like they'll hit you up and they'll be like, Oh, you just gonna leave me on red, though? Yeah, I don't know who you fucking are. You're not a friend of mine. Anyway, <laughs> I have, on the other hand, lost six pounds, probably due to the stressful situation of this fucking trip, but it's a good six pounds down, so I'm happy about that. Uh, and um, just chilling, just chilling, basically. Uh, I don't know if I have anything else to discuss, but we can always, you know, check some shit out on uh facebook so let's see what what's going on in my groups by the way that guy was loud um by the way i saw (laughs) gray's anatomy posted something and it made me mad because i was (laughs) the way they ended this last season could not have been more annoyed uh but they ended it the way they ended it because that's how it is. And COVID happened, so they had to stop production, I assume. Um, they posted a picture of Kim Raver and um, Kevin McKidd. And they play uh, Teddy. She plays Teddy. And he plays Owen. And the way they left their relationship, the fact that they had the nerve that, oh, that fucking Kevin McKidd had the nerve to post the picture of him and her together talking about back at it again. I would just be like, dude, you guys are the worst couple ever. Don't ever post pictures like this. <laughs> so I basically wanted to do what I do with all my friends in real life. If I know about their relationship, which to be honest, I don't give a fuck about people's, you know, people's relationships anymore. And, uh, wow, that's disgusting. I don't want to read that ever again. <laughs> There's so many good scary movies coming out. Oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. Okay, because I just saw something about Freddy Krueger. Hey, guys, if you pick a terrible name on, you know, Dead by Daylight, I will read it. And I'm not going to say the names on here. But let's just say your name is I am bad at this game. If you come into a lobby that I'm in and that's your name, yo, (laughs) come on, man. Let us hate you because you suck at the game. I don't want to hate you because your name is I am bad at this game. Because I immediately am like, all right, this person fucking sucks. Like my my people that play Dead by Daylight with me will tell you that I will read these names out loud and be like, okay. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, just like that. Like, okay. Like, I don't understand people's choices of names. Like, mine is super fucking cool. My one friend, though, he changed his name to Teen Laquifa. <laughs> So good. So good. And you have to be, like, a fan of Family Guy to like that shit. 
Also, I have changed my hair again because cannot function without good hair. And that's a thing that we girls do, okay? The thing that we care about the most is how we look on the outside. But you also have to understand you have to be a good person on the inside to warrant good behavior, okay? So when I'm feeling a little blue, I change my hair. So I got my hair done by my boss, by my ex-boss. And I love her to death. But, you know, I know beggars can't be choosers. And I know that I asked for highlights all over my head. But I did not ask to look like like a newbie with with highlights, okay? Firstly, she went very high up, which I don't really like my highlights at the root. And they were very brassy at the root. So you knew that was new hair. Um, she didn't tone it at all. And I left looking crazy with 50 million colors in my hair. So as soon as I returned from Maryland, I dyed my hair back to a chestnutty brown, which looks blacker than black. And I'm like, okay, chestnut brown, like dark brown doesn't look this dark, but I will take it because that's how I felt about it. And I think that's all I really have. But like I was saying before, like girls always have this thing where we have to look good on the outside in order to feel good on the inside. But that's like a lot of girls, a lot of girls, like I, I'm telling you, like these past few days, like I've put on makeup just to put on makeup and keep the ritual going because that's how I function. And that's how I know I'm trying to make myself like get into my head of my psyche and just um, be prepared when I do things. Like I know I'm sitting around today, but I have my hairs done, my makeup's done. Maybe I'll stream. I don't know. I haven't decided what I want to do today. I know I'm going to have a quiet day of reflection and whatever (laughs) not reflecting on much but uh but yeah like um I've always always done that and I don't know where I got that from I think uh maybe a little bit of insecurity uh (laughs) who knows but like I said maybe it's just one of those things we'll never know you'll never know about me uh I have been okay with not getting a manicure tell you that uh it's making my life a lot more productive Um, I can type better (laughs) and I'm not paying an exorbitant amount of money because I'm trying to save up to move. So, uh, oh, I have my friend's wedding coming up. So that's news. Uh, excited for her. It's it's so close. My God. Like we were just talking about this probably in April and now it's September. The wedding is October 11th. I can't wait. I still have to find something to wear. (laughs) I still got to find something to wear. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. And, um, I'm hoping to have fun. Like, I know I'm going to have fun no matter what. Uh, still haven't picked up my glasses, so that's another update. Um, and I'm contemplating playing the Avengers. But I'm more excited about the wedding than anything else. And I have to open this invitation to the bridal shower because I haven't. Because I've just been thinking of other things. And I really should probably be more considerate of other people's shit, considering the fact that she is paying for her own wedding. And um, I'm looking to see if I can find anything funny for me to read besides me speaking my own thoughts. So let's see. Also, tired of seeing the all lives matter slash black lives matter shit. Like, you know, uh, yeah, I get it. Like, that's all I have to say is, again, another thing. You don't need to shove down people's throats anymore. And wow, someone made a Trump face out of shit. (laughs) 
And now I'm seeing crystal penises in this one group. And I don't want to see that. I want to see something funny. Ew. That's disgusting. Don't want to read that. Um, I'm trying to think of... Oh, another thing. What the fuck is going on? Like, who cares about Mary Kay Letourneau? I just saw the other day that they posted something about Mary Kay Letourneau's estate and wanting to know who they left it to. Mary... Kate Letourneau. Let's see. Mary Kate Letourneau estate. She passed away recently. I covered this and I just wanted to see what this was about because now, <laughs> now, there's, they're talking about who she left her estate to. So clearly it says, Mary Kate Letourneau leaves estate to ex-hubby who she raped when he was 12. <laughs> It's not funny, but that's the craziest headline ever. I love this. Notorious teaching temptress Mary Kay Letourneau has left her entire estate to her two daughters and the man she raped when he was 12 and later married. <clears throat> the one-time Seattle teacher died of colon cancer on July 6th at age 58. Dude, I can't not laugh. <laughs> Letourneau was a tabloid staple for more than two decades as a result of her relationship with Vili Fulau. Fualau? Who the fuck knows? She came to prominence after it was revealed in 97 she'd been assaulting him, sexually assaulting Fualau, since teaching him in grade 6 she was 34. Oh, God. Married at the time, her husband divorced her and received full custody of their four children. He should have fucking received full custody because nuts. Psycho. Oh, my God. He got the photos, the memories, a lot of sentimental things. They didn't have a ton of money, but he and the girls are going to divvy that up. They're more interested in the sentimental things, though. So then don't include anything about the money, okay? Oh, my God. This shit is ridiculous, too. Mm -mm. They just posted another picture. Maryland teacher Stephanie Wazel allegedly had a sexual affair with one of her female students. Bro. So check this out. This is another story they threw in here for what? It's by the Toronto Sun. Like, what the fuck? Meanwhile, a married Maryland high school teacher and women's lacrosse coach is accused of engaging in an illicit sexual affair with a female student who was 16 at the time. Stephanie Walzel, 26, and the teen reportedly shared an eye-popping 69,000 text messages, many of them sexual in nature, since last December, just after the teacher was wed. She has been charged with sexual abuse of a minor and a fourth-degree sex offense. Cops say they aren't aware of any other alleged victim. Dude, uh, what is wrong with people? She legit, uh, she legit got married and started texting a 16-year-old girl who she was coaching on this lacrosse team and had an affair. What is wrong with people? 69,000, by the way, the number 69... Hee <laughs> hee. That's all I have to say about that. 69,000 text messages, bro. Find something else to do with your time. You don't need to be texting that little girl who has no idea who she is or what she wants to become in this life. Unnecessary is all I have to say. And she should be shot. <laughs> See, now this is a situation in which you cannot say all lives matter because she should be shot. She took someone's innocence, okay? 
Uh, don't know if they actually had any sexual contact. I don't remember if it said it in this fucking thing. It just says text. Okay, yep, sexual abuse of a minor. You took someone's innocence. We should get to take your life. That's how that goes. And again, I am no soft-ass bitch. If someone was to tell me that shit, I am going in there like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and I'm showing her what The Rock is cooking. I'm a fucking elbow drop the shit out of her. But do you remember how cool wrestling was? Not to get off topic, but, you know, I'm having some ADD right now. <laughs> I used to watch wrestling all the time when I was a kid, and I know that there's still people out there still watching it. Um, but, yeah, we should be able to – we should we should just kill that bitch. She should just die. Like – I don't know why we don't even have the death penalty anymore. Uh, maybe that'll be something I look up in the next episode. And we'll discuss that further. But there's been so many reasons lately why we need it back. And I'm a proponent for it if someone does something that warrants them to not exist anymore. Such as this. This shit is nuts. How is this shit still going on? And there's actual physical proof of it. Like, that's fine. Take her out. Take her, behind, take her back behind the shed and shoot her like a horse. Like, the, this is crazy because I know my mom has told me time and time again that people that do that shit, like, do shit against kids, they don't last very long in jail. And it's because take them out. <laughs> like, they will get, she will get beat the fuck up and she will be someone's bitch very quickly. Like, I've seen, I saw a story the other day. It was, it was very long. Someone posted it on Facebook. And, um. She, uh, they posted that this guy learned that his daughter's friend's father had sexually touched, um, his daughter and he went over there, vigilante justice and fucking killed the guy and is in jail for it. I don't know how new it is. I don't know how recent it is, but that guy gets super props because fuck that other guy. <clears throat> fuck that other guy. Cause how fucking dare you? I trust you with my kid and you go and do that shit. You should get shot in your fucking forehead and killed. And that's fine. But I'm also going to go and tell the community why I did what I did before they try and say that I'm just a random killer. Because nobody's... If a situation like that happens, that's not a random kill. That's that Hammurabi shit. Except he didn't do an eye for an eye. He did, you fucking touched my kid and now I bury you. That's basically it. And good for that guy. Because that's exactly what should happen in these situations. And I think that's a good place to leave it. <laughs> because I don't know what else to talk about. And I don't have any more time. Um, yeah, so... Uh, it's been fun talking with you. As always. You guys are the best. I love and appreciate every single one of you. And I think I'm probably going to do some chores. I'm probably going to do some laundry. Because that shit piled up for no reason. Anyway. Love you guys. I will be back with another week of shit for you next week. And congratulations to the fucking same-day release. How exciting. Never done a same-day release before. But I love you guys, and I'll chit-chat with you another time, another place. Hope you're having a very cuckoo time, day, time, day, morning, afternoon, evening. Love you guys. Bye.